Hello, and welcome to Driving Downwards. The podcast that doesn't know how to swim. My name's Cody. And I'm Jasmine. And this week, we're going to be doing transhumanism. Yeah. 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 Should be an interesting topic. I uh, think so. I think Cody's mainly going to be taking the lead for this, as oh. I took the lead on the previous one. <laughs> we are going to make it shorter. Much shorter. Except Jasmine. <laughs> hey, I don't even have a full page of research for I'm, this. I'm proud of you. We, we made this one a lot shorter than before. Because the old server, what was it called? The old, yeah, we were using, we shouldn't name it. Cut that, me in the future. The the old program we were using. Let's, let's restart that entire kind of like sentence. The old program that we were using didn't work as well as we had hoped. So now we're working with Anchor, which yeah. hopefully will work a lot better than with for us. Essentially what it was, was we had um, like two hours of recording uh, for a podcast each month, which wasn't superbly great um especially so since our podcast was like an hour and a half last time yes yeah, so we switched to anchor which i think gives us like unlimited um which is really nice hopefully we'll see yeah yeah uh, that's what we're sticking with for now at least so hopefully that goes good uh yeah transhumanism jasmine do you like it <laughs> um well i have to say when before we started researching it seemed really interesting and i was kind of of the opinion you know if people want like creepy lungs or creepy lungs that's the first thing you think of for transhumanism want... not artificial limbs okay if people want bionic <laughs> limbs or if they want to be able to you know connect wirelessly to devices uh with their mind go for it um but the more i researched the more eugenics kind of came into it so i am not a fan yeah that's that's the part that i like because when i originally came into like when i when i pitched the idea my brain is like robotic cat boys <laughs> of course it was <laughs> Because, like, you know, the dream. Basically, it was the utopian ideal of transhumanism. Seems, seems amazing. But we don't live in a utopia, as we can tell by what's happening in America. Um, and capitalism in general, the suffering of humanity. Uh, cutting all of this. <laughs> we don't live in a utopia. It's Transhumanism is never going to be, like, this perfect idealized uh, version of it. We have to deal with the realities of humanity, which is... Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can give a little bit of history, though, I was learning from the internet. Uh, apparently, the term transhumanist, or transhumanism, rather, uh, was not originally used to describe the uh, robotification or the advancement of humanity. Well, I guess it kind of was the advancement of humanity. It was, it was in reference to Paul from the, the Bible. Listen to this. I hope it picked it up. Jasmine just picked up her cup and tried to do it secretly. <laughs> Anyways. I was trying to not interrupt you, but I'm thirsty. Uh, no, it's about Paul from the Bible. Stop slurping into the mic. It looks disgusting. You know it's going to look bad. I Let even, me finish my I words. Even I You knew... interrupted yourself. <laughs> it, it, it's referring to his transformation from Saul into Paul, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can look it up for yourself. It's uh, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Please don't look it up. Don't prove us wrong. We already have a bunch of mistakes from the first episode. I'm saying that, but don't look that up either. Don't fact check anything we say. Believe everything we say as fact. Don't critique anything. Let us tell you what the truth is. Eat plastic. Drink lead. <laughs> Inject bleach. Don't do, for, for actual legal reasons, don't do any of those things. You'll die. <laughs> Disregard any possible medical advice that we give you, as we are not licensed practitioners. You know what? Just don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Unsubscribe.
subscribe right now. Just do it. We won't blame you. Anyways. The one listener that we have. So the first person to actually use this in that reference to Paul was a man named W.D. Lytall. He was actually a Canadian. He was a Canadian, like, I don't know if philosopher is the right word, but, like, he, he wrote articles and that. Did he talk more about religion than... It, it was, he was a religious studies person. Theologist? I don't think it was a theologist at the time. I think it was just Christian. You know what? <laughs> well, no, I say theologist because, um, I don't know, if you're theorizing about uh, religion and theology in general, I don't know, I'd, I'd probably call you a theologist. Well, anyways, he, he used that term and it means nothing to do with what modern transhumanism means. Modern transhumanism was actually coined by a name, well, is credited to the man named Julian Huxley. Um, nice name. It is a nice name. It was about eugenics. Oh. <laughs> uh, there is an article, quote, I think. Yes, okay, never mind. So transhumanism was the title of the article. It's, oh, okay. One of the quotes here was from, the, from that article. Up till now, human life has generally been, as Hobbes describes it, nasty, brutish, and short. The great majority of human beings, if they have not already died young, have been affected, afflicted with misery. We can justifiably hold the belief that these lands of possibility exist, and that the present limitations and miserable frustrations of our existence could be, in large measure, surmounted. The human species can, if it wishes, transcend itself, not just sporadically, an individual here in one way, an individual there in another way, but in its entirety as humanity. That sounds good. I mean... But if you read between the lines... He, he talks about hogs, and I'm already a bit suspicious. <laughs> but, but yeah, you mean... I mean... If hogs you want, and yuck are your best. If you want humanity to be the best that it can be, I think first you have to redistribute wealth and ensure that everybody's quality of living is equal or equitable, and then I think you can start talking about uh, <laughs> enhancing humanity. What what he's talking about in terms of rather than just enhancing it one person at a time, we can enhance all of them. The, the whole article was about the older style of eugenics, because uh, a little bit more of history, some of you might not actually know. Eugenics was not just like something that was propagated by the Nazi regime. That's mainly what we think about when we say eugenics yeah. modernly. But eugenics has been around for years, and it was used by the Han Chinese for a long time. And what we kind of now more understand to be modern eugenics was actually coined by the British. The, they believed that there was a racial hierarchy of sorts, uh, and that you could, you could fix humanity by breeding out certain things. Much like what we do with like botany or animals, we, we breed them to be more... Uh, Desirable? Desirable, yeah. We breed so, the purple out of carrots. <laughs> so you're, okay. The old, like, I guess, description of eugenics would have been not necessarily we want to murder this group of people, but we maybe want them to not breed so that they are not populating. Even normal eugenics is like that. Even Nazi eugenics technically was like that. Mm. The The concept of the death camps only really came into effect because they were losing the war. That's not important. We're not here to talk about how garbage the Nazis were. Cody, you'll manage to like <laughs> talk about history no matter what the topic is. I like history. Anyways, uh, I turned off my phone. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
no, but um, yeah. As we will delve into more, transhumanism is not what I had originally thought. I I originally thought that transhumanism was just going to be about robotics and and the movement of humanity towards more. You can just place the papers down. I'm trying to be quiet. You already were like, no, no, no I hope they picked it up. Jasmine reached for a <laughs> glass of water. So, okay. R- rather than having humanity be, like, bred to be fixed, we would just fix ourselves artificially. That's what I thought uh, transhumanism was. It's not that. But we can still talk about it because it's still an interesting topic. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, it definitely is. It has um, influences in... Science fiction, it has uh, more modern adaptations as our technology evolves. Um, And it kind of brings up the question, you know, what part of the human experience makes people people? How much of that can you lose and still be considered human? And uh, there's definitely a lot of ableist undercurrents, uh, as you mentioned, eugenics. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, and I I mean, ableist undercurrents also kind of leaches into fears and concerns. Um, There's always going to be the out there kind of insane fringe conspiracy theories with uh and even some like actual fears and concerns as well to go with transhumanism oh yeah there's there's definitely some legit ones there's ones that are like oh uh the government's going to be implanting chips into your brain and it's going to control you like skynet and that's kind of does skynet control people i thought it just controlled the robots i don't know well you'd be a robot you'd be close enough to a robot i didn't watch any of the matrix movies not matrix movies the terminator movies i'm sorry You're out. I'm kicking you from the podcast. I, I have been fired. I officially. have all the passwords, so. That's true. I also have them. You have one. Oh, I have You have one that you would need the password I'll to get into, into the. Your, I'll break into your house. I'll open your window because you know I know how. You don't know how to hack anything. You'd have to get into any of my devices with your passcode locked. With your thumb. No, not all of them. This one is. You just told me it was. I didn't tell you which finger I used. I'll use all your fingers. You're going to cut them off? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, all right. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to take all of them, yeah, that's fair. All right, continue with your information giving. Um. So there's the fringe conspiracy theories, like there are with any uh, technological advancement. Mm-hmm. But there there are some very real concerns, like eugenics um, and capitalism in general. Who is going to be able to afford these enhancements? Yeah. Uh, who will it benefit? Will people who can't afford it or undesirable minority groups be unable to uh, buy or achieve or use um, these enhancements? Would they mm-hmm. be considered inferior because they are unable to acquire them and we'll talk more about that a little bit later on we're starting with so we covered history uh now we're going to be talking about senses um your experiences and what makes you human um Mm -hmm. and then we're going to get kind of into downloading a brain versus upgrading to a cyborg i'm pro cyborg of course i'm team cyborg i want robotic cat ears and i want it always to be playing that nico nico knee song (laughs) You're Team Cyborg, I'm Team Edward. (laughs) I hate you. I'm so sorry, I'm really not. We just spent, like, probably an hour talking about fan fictions and everything. Yeah, so our brains are a bit fried. So, senses. Mm -hmm. My question was mainly, how much of our human experiences depend on our hardware or body? None of it. 
Robot cat girl fingers. <laughs> I would say all of it because we so far have not managed to fully transition from a human to a robot who experiences mm -hmm. all of the senses um, not through a human body. Um, I would say that our experiences are shaped by how we experience them, the senses yeah. that we experience them. Um, a person who from birth has... I don't know, a, a deformity where half of their arm wasn't formed in the womb. Uh, they're going to be using possibly assistive uh, devices to write or hold things. Their experiences are going to be different than a person who has a fully functioning arm. Their experiences are not going to be invalid because they're different, but they're going to be different. Yeah. And I, I would absolutely argue that it is still a human experience because they are human. They have a human brain uh, and they think like a human they don't think like a dog or a yeah, cat or yeah. a plant all right but you were saying that it we wouldn't it wouldn't be a human sensation if we didn't have human senses i think if you managed to eliminate all of the human senses it would no longer be a so fully human experience okay so all of the senses well we have so many senses we have like um touch taste sight sound like all of that but we have more than that if you manage to get rid of your human body you might no longer experience um, hunger or pain or uh, the feeling of muscle fatigue after you run a really like long distance. Mm -hmm. Or um, you might never have to train your muscles to be able to lift uh, more weight. You know what would be interesting, actually? If you didn't have your human body, would you feel attraction the same way? Because human attraction is based a lot in our hormones, right? Yes, like, I'm talking sexual attraction rather than emotional attraction. Oh, I have no idea. I know, Jasmine. You're a special <laughs> being. <laughs> um, but, like, right, isn't isn't there a lot of our hormones, or a lot of our sexual attraction based off of our hormones? I think yes, but I also think it's uh, society and culture. Well, I'm not talking about, like, what we find sexually attractive. I'm talking about how we find it sexually attractive. I guess. Um, but, yeah, if, if you manage to get rid of, like, all of the human experience, um, aging, mortality, yeah. sickness, pain, um, maybe even the feeling of sunlight when you walk outside uh, from air conditioning and it just, mm -hmm. it, that wave of warmth and it hits you, or the feeling of a cat purring as you pet it. Or murdering you in your sleep. Cody... Jasmine's cat tried to murder me in my sleep. He got affectionate, and he lied down on Cody's face to take a nap, mm -hmm. which, he's a cat. He doesn't know what murder is. It's not his fault. He didn't once stop blaming him. He knew. He didn't. <laughs> he, it was premeditated. He waited till I was asleep. He waited till I was in REM sleep. Yeah, he did. And then he crept over, and he laid, because he didn't, like, he didn't lay down on me. Like, he didn't, like, curl up or anything. He, no, like, he lied he, down like, across he, your face, he didn't he? He put his belly in my mouth <laughs> specifically to kill me. He's never done that to anybody else. And I there know. have been multiple people, like, sleeping over at my house. And, I woke like... up with a start, right? Because obviously I'm suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at me with the most, like, how dare you wake up in the middle of my murder? Well, if you were a cyborg and you didn't need to breathe, that experience would be fundamentally different. Yeah, exactly. Would it be a human experience? I don't know. That's interesting. Because, like, I guess any any person that has artificial limbs or organs would, I guess, not have 
I would say the uh, culturally normal human experience. The what our society considers default yeah. human experience. A person with a pacemaker is not experiencing the default human experience. But I guess you could even say that about any person who has any sort of disability. Yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> which kind of gets tricky. I think that um, unless you manage to completely eliminate every single possible human experience, <laughs> yeah. it would still be a human experience. A yeah. person who uh, has lost the use of their legs and has to navigate with a wheelchair, they're still going to have human experiences. Or sweet robot legs. <laughs> or sweet robot legs. Yeah. Or prosthetic limbs or uh, cochlear implants or um, text-to-speech assistive devices mm -hmm. for blind people like those are still human experiences yeah. they're just different from what our society considers default yeah and unfortunately this, for eugenics it's considered wrong well not not me agreeing with eugenics because i'm not I'm oh absolutely going not. back to what i was going to say before though is like i would argue even if we lost all of our physical senses i guess all of our human senses we would still be human in one regard or another because it would still be you. I don't know about that. If you lock a person in a sensory deprivation tank for... They turn into God. We've been over this. <laughs> if you lock a person in a sensory deprivation tank for an extended period of time, your brain starts going crazy. So very you, fast. Very quickly. The human body, the human brain, uh, needs stimulation, whether that be mm -hmm. sight or sound or Isn't it people. like, is it two or four days in complete darkness before you start hallucinating? I have no idea. I know. I, I was surprised at how fast it was yeah I, I think it's 48 hours in the complete darkness needs things to happen to mm -hmm. it so i think if you took away um all of the human senses but you have you have artificial senses right yeah that, that would be true but i'm just wondering so if you replaced your eyeballs with cameras which is rad it's already a thing which is rad it's already a thing <laughs> bionic eyes um but the frame rate's going to be different. The resolution is going to be different. Imagine seeing in 60 FPS where there's no motion blur. Yeah. I think I would honestly get a lot of sickness. Motion sickness, like really it's like, bad stuff. This is something to do with VR, like virtual reality. They have to add artificial um, motion blur because in video games, oftentimes they're running at higher FPS than the human eye. So... Your brain, which is thinking it's looking through actual eyes, experiences no motion blur, and then you get sick. There are people who say that they can like see the difference between 30 and 60 FPS. Oh, easily. <laughs> easily. It looks derpy. <laughs> it looks... I hate... Okay. The human eye can only see 32 FPS. We cut that to 30. It's easier. We, we then decide we need more frames per second. And when you film... I noticed not everybody can see it, though. But when you film, there's no motion blur, and the camera, it looks Depending nicer. Depending on the camera. Yeah, you, you would be artificial motion blur if it's anything. But if you're recording in 60 FPS, there's no motion blur. Unless Depending you're going, on how quickly you are. Yeah, well, obviously. I'm just, okay, I'm just, I'm just adding the little caveat. I'm playing yeah. devil's advocate, yeah. but not the actual devil's advocate. <laughs> it'll sound funny, but... <laughs> Uh, there's a show, I don't know if it's in the rest of the world, but in Canada we have a show called uh, The Young and the Restless. <laughs> and it was from that show that I saw my first my first video in 60 FPS. And I'd watched it with my grandparents a lot uh, in normal 32 FPS. And it was whatever. What First time I see it in 60 FPS, I thought the screen was broken. Ew. Because 
I don't like 60 FPS. A lot of people do like it, and no problem if you do. I just have a preference. It looked so alien to me that there was no motion blur when the camera was turning. Or when they were moving across the room, their arms didn't blur. Oh, gosh. It's a weird thing to see because your eyes, which normally can't see those things, because it's watching something in 60 FPS with 32 FPS eyes, you're able to see the non-motion blur. Your brain doesn't have to cut those bits because it's not real. Yeah. (laughs) It's on a screen. My other question would be, so if you manage to give yourself uh, bionic eyes, what Mm -hmm. the human brain does is when your eye is in motion, it does not uh, record that. So you will never see your eyes moving uh, yeah. if you look in a mirror or um, a reflection or anything like that. Mm. You only see the movement if you record yourself. So I'm wondering, if you get bionic eyes, how is your brain going to uh, deal with that? If it's in, like, 60 FPS or if it's way fast, is your brain going to have to edit that out? I think... I don't know how they currently work. I think it's just a camera that they have pointed and it's, like, a wider range range because normally our eyes are like quickly dotting around so we can get a a larger scope of the room Mm -hmm. i think the current uh camera lens on 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 artificial eyes are just a wide angle lens and it doesn't move i don't think so i think you have to physically turn your head to do it Hmm. i think a cool way to work around that would be to just have a uh i guess a, a not a 360 lens but like a 180 lens all across your eye Fisheye lens? Kind of. It would be like a like a 360 camera, but instead of recording the back, you just record everything that the eye can see. So you have the you'd have a larger POV, but you you could just in editing, like in post, I guess, cut oh, those bits gosh. out. Because then if you if you needed to look in your peripheral, you could. No, but even if you replace the eyes with um, I don't know, a 180 degree uh lens your mm-hmm. eyes are still gonna move that's just kind of well no because they're not nature. they're not connected to your like they're not connected to the muscles oh boy your muscles would still be like it's it's it just it's like it's a it's on it's just a wire that connects to your brain oh god it's like the what is it called a cochlear implant it makes me want to throw up oh boy <laughs> i oh i don't like anything to do with eyes there was a there was a movie it was um would you rather? And oh yeah, with the razor blade. Oh, oh, basically, for anybody who hasn't watched it, spoiler alert. Uh, would you rather? Um, it gets to the final two contestants, and one of the guys has to cut his eyeball with a razor blade, and I nearly vomited when I watched it. I I, I had to close my eyes and just kind of continue on watching. Yeah, that was a shock value movie. It wasn't the best. It was pretty good. Uh, well, I. <laughs> We'll talk about transhumanism. Okay, We'll make yeah. a different podcast for movies. <laughs> <laughs> Driving upwards. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Drive-in but... theater. Bam. <laughs> you know, it's actually not bad. <laughs> we want to copyright that. Don't want, don't want to publish this uh, episode and then have people just snatching up the name. Oh, wow. You're going to snatch just an original cool name. Hey, you know what? Shh. I have a job. You don't. Oof. This is my job. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's my one trump card. Um, so yeah, I think that if you change the senses, you fundamentally change the human experience. Yeah, but I it doesn't make it bad or wrong. It just makes it different. I, I guess because we can't do that sort of stuff yet. We can't just make ourselves a robotic cat girl. It's not possible yet. We won't, we won't understand how it feels. I, I, would, I would say like, 
I don't, I don't know how a person could properly empathize with those feelings because there's no way you could say those feelings, right? Like, what do you mean? Like, a person who can see... Because there's some people that have that thing where they can see more color. Mm-hmm, yeah. How do you explain to a person more color when you can't... When a normal person can't see that? How would you explain to a person if you suddenly got the ability to see ultraviolet light? How would exactly. you explain if you, the if shade of that If your eyes can see every type, every type of radiation... Like, how do you explain that? If you can just, like, switch between them, like, you have, like, a dial on the side of your head. <laughs> like, the best that we can do with scientific uh, imaging, uh, especially in astronomy, is we have a sensor that can pick up those shades, and then we just assign, uh, let's call radio waves purple, and oh, let's right, call yeah. infrared red. When I, when I learned that space isn't actually that colorful, I no. became depressed. <laughs> it's, it's not at all those colors, but we just, we color code them in ways that we can approximate with human vision. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. they do a lot of, like, the, the really distant uh, coloring based on the... Uh, uh, Microwave background? No. The, the, the not chemical... One of my brain is dying. Uh, I know that for the very distant stars... What's, it, what's the things in a periodic infrared? table called? Chemicals? Yeah. <laughs> I'm dumb. No, what's the, what's the one of them called? Uh, molecules? No. Atoms? No. Elements. Elements. Oh, That's boy. what I was looking for. Don't they color code the elements that they um, see on, like, the distant planet? So, basically, um... And that's so, why we see certain colors for certain planets? Uh, ish. Basically, everything emits, um, heat, uh, if it's not absolute zero. And like me. the way that it emits heat, uh, usually has to do with its composition. So, if you heat up... Uh, I don't know, something made of carbon, and then you heat yeah. up something made of nitrogen. Also uh, me. Cody, stop. Sorry. <laughs> the glow that it will give off will be slightly different. Okay. And that's one way that they uh, can tell the composition of things. Oh. But back to transhumanism. I mean, this all has to do with it, kind of. Eh, We're talking about the colors that the it's tangentially robot eyes related. can see. It's tangentially related. Like driving downwards. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> our segue from senses and the human experience um, is going to be into downloading uh, a brain versus upgrading to a cyborg. Because I think we've already been over this. I'm team cyborg. I know that you are, but we have to go into slightly more detail. Yeah. The senses uh, that would just completely change if you were to download a brain I mean, into yeah. a like artificial body. But like... We, we we talked about the singularity before and all that. Did we? Did we? I think so. Was it the singularity or the whatever it's called? You can't living just say, the simulation. You can't just say whatever it's called and expect <laughs> me to understand it. I don't have your brain. You should. It's chaotic. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, like, if you downloaded your brain into a robot, are you going to be thinking the same way that you do? Like how. Because we, again, we don't have the technology to do these things. If we, can, we... We talk about theoretically, like, we could just... Re, if we just recreated the brain perfectly, but with ones and zeros, rather than uh, electric giblets poking each other, <laughs> like... Instead of neurons... Would you even it... be able to, is the question. I think like... you could simulate it, but I think being able to... If we... Okay. <laughs> if we posit that you could seamlessly download a brain into a 
artificial body. Yeah. And there would be, like, no problems. It works perfectly, uh, ignoring how impossible it seems now. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you still be human if you no longer have any organic parts? There was actually an interesting movie about this with Johnny Depp called Transcendence, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm, never and watched it. It's pretty good. It was I was, I was pretty impressed about it. Um, it's about a scientist, Johnny Depp, who invents um, basically, like, the ability to to copy a brain okay like it's like a scanner you put your brain in a thing and it scans your brain and you are now uploaded onto like google does it destroy the original brain no okay so what happened so you just make a copy of the brain in that moment so his vision for it was you can download your brain and when you die you don't have to die. You can just continue on the internet. Except the problem with that is if you've made a copy of your brain in that moment, it's and not. Then you it's continue. not. It's not alive yet. It's basically it has all the building blocks of your. No, no, brain. no I, I know, but okay. So oh. if you scan your brain, oh, so in this you would moment, just wake up in that moment. You would only wake up in this yeah. moment. You don't have any of the experiences afterwards. afterwards. If you scan your brain and then you live for another twenty years, you've lost all of that. You have truly and utterly died. Your mm-hmm. original version of you is dead. Yeah. Only a copy of you remains. You don't truly live on. That's what the whole movie is honestly about. Wow. But so what happens is like he gets, I think it was cancer or something, or people tried to murder him, one or the other, uh, because there was a bunch of like luddites. I re- I use that word hesitantly. Luddites is people who uh, think the technology is going too fast and they want to slow it down. Uh, what some people think Luddites are is just the people with clubs being like, technology bad, me smash. <laughs> that was a caricature of them from the past. It's very easy to just uh, reduce everybody who says, I think we should be wary of technology in the direction that mm-hmm. it's going to. Technology bad, we should touch Google. <laughs> so, yeah, he his wife finds like the, the flip stick of him. <laughs> Floppy disk. <laughs> I, I honestly think it was a hard drive in the movie or something. Oh, boy. And he told her before he died to upload him to the internet so that he could escape. Because basically, at that point, he's just a very powerful AI. And so the people that are trying to stop technology... I don't know. It wouldn't be an AI, because it's not artificial intelligence. Is it, though? It, it wouldn't Cause be. Because it's a copy of your brain. Mm, artificial not... intelligence is uh, intelligence... But it's artificial. It's not human. Stop making that face at me. You know I'm right. It's not human, which is why we You know what I mean, though. I guess. A very powerful program. Yes. There we go. Anyways, and, like, he was talking to her through typing on, like, this old computer. Like, it had, like, the green text and everything. It's dated, isn't it? Yeah. Uh. Well, the movie itself was made fairly recently. They just made it because people (laughs) think computers with the green text, like, that's what coding is, where you just, like... I'm hacking into the mainframe. It's a lot more... <laughs> Anyways, he dies. She uploads him to the internet before the terrorists get to him. Uh, and he basically... Okay, no, but going back to the coding, it's a lot more end brackets and missing end brackets and semicolons than you would think it is. Blank is blank. Soap equals blank. You're wrong. Do it again. <laughs> if AI about to uh, destroy humanity, uh, don't. <laughs> end program. Here we go. Solved it. 47 errors. <laughs> <laughs> Only one line of code. <laughs> you have 18 errors. Well, I did fail my computer programming course, so. He breaks into the internet and he, like, hacks into, like, some government thing. And he, like, 
he basically advances humanity very quickly oh, no. because he, in his mind, thinks he is still human, but he doesn't have, like you were saying, he doesn't have that same humanity about him. So he, he's now more focused, because he was already a scientist and focused on advancing humanity and obviously didn't think of the consequences as much. So that kind of was explored even more when he became a robot. <laughs> Because he was, like, I think people came to attack and he accidentally killed one of them. So, like, instead of wasting the body, he, like, grafted a thing into his brain and then was able to talk through the man. It's like that book you had me read uh, a really long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I forget what it was called. It's a good book. I'll look it up for next time. We'll, we'll make a note in the description of the podcast. Yeah, or something like that. Good book. James Patterson's a pretty go- okay writer. Um... Yeah, and eventually he, like, can do plastic surgery, so it looks like him. And Trying to replicate, replicate yeah. humanity. He eventually decides that humans are the reason that humans suck, so he's going to go and exterminate them all, <laughs> except I... for his wife <laughs> and the drones that he has. Ah, uh, yes, that's that's so smart. She'll be completely and utterly sane with uh, all of her friends to well... surrender. Oh, wait, they're dead, so she only has him. So she probably she, is she not eating a lot the, of chocolate. She joins is... the rebellion. And she's the one that shuts him down. And at the end of everything, you you see him, like, be, like hold on to his humanity a little bit. And then, like, he just hugs her. Because they both die because the whole building, like, explodes, basically. <laughs> it's a good movie. I suggest watching it to every one person that's watching this. I really hate it when robots or AIs go insane. And they decide that they have to destroy humanity because humanity is its own worst enemy. And I'm like, it's not the common person. It's not the average oh, no, absolutely the not. male Joe. It's if, if an AI were to exist, it would be not a communist. I think it would be much more socialist. I Unless think... it was built for the sole purpose of advancing capitalism, in which case it would be an uber-capitalist. Yeah, no, I think if an AI were to go crazy, I'm doing air quotes, but <laughs> you can't see it because this is a visual medium. Audio medium. Wow. We're just going to cut that. No. Oh, no. I have all the power here. Um, I think if an AI went crazy and was going to kill people, it would look at the people mostly in charge of the majority of the damage. Mm. Oh, time. Okay. Um, So we're going to move quickly through uh, Ableist Undercurrents because we're trying to keep this short. Yeah. Um, So... I found some pretty good resources. Um, I didn't read through all of them because some of them were incredibly long essays. Um, But one of them that I found uh, the most meaning out of, um, I'm just going to be quoting it, uh, and I can't remember who wrote it, so we'll also just put that in the description. But uh, basically it was talking about, like, the definition of ableism is People with physical, developmental, or psychiatric disabilities are worth less than those without. Um, Which, yeah, society, if you look at it, it treats uh, people who are blind, people who are deaf, people who need accessibility aids, um, people who need accommodations, people in wheelchairs, people with prosthetics. It treats them as less, and it sees all of their accomplishments as um, amazing and... uh, going above and beyond, uh, like, their baseline living, which is absurd. It's it's absolutely insane. It's basically saying that 
um, people with disabilities, people with like uh, cognitive impairments are never going to be as good as baseline humans, yeah. able-bodied people. So anything that they do is to be celebrated and applauded because like their, their lives in general are. And we talked about it earlier this week, this week or last week, uh, whatever, where we were talking about how their disabilities don't need to exist anymore. We we have those like those disabilities are still considered disabilities because yeah, not, of the society that we're living in. Not that uh, we can eliminate all disabilities. That's not what Cody means by well, yeah. they don't have to uh, be disabled anymore. Basically, he means that they they don't need to be considered. They would not disabled be able bodied. They would not be like neurotypical. But society could accommodate. You could make um, every single building uh, now that exists and will be built. Um, to accommodate people with wheelchairs, um, you can... That'd be a, a nice thing to do. It'd be a great thing to you do. You know, all these government buildings in our town that have all these ramps, all one of them. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so. side tangent. We live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Most things are not accessible. Um, but they could be. They very easily could be. The mm -hmm. only reason um, that so many like businesses and um, buildings that are owned don't want to change is because it would cost a lot of money to change. But if you just started, <laughs> it would cost a lot of money to I change. So. You have to change doors. You have to install, um, like the little push I, thingies. If, but if you, if yeah. you mandated that every single building that is ever going to be built in the future just has those accommodations already, yeah. it's not going to cost a whole lot of extra money. Mm -hmm. And it, I think the reason they do it in the first place is because it's easier just to do the majority. And that's not necessarily a good view to no, go with. Like Because you're cutting off a huge portion of your population, even if you don't mean to. No. It's like the, I, I don't remember if it's Stephen Hawking's or Albert Einstein that had that quote like the, no, it was Stephen Hawking's, I think, had that quote like, the next Albert Einstein could be born in India, but we'll never know it. I Like, we live in society. Society exists for the people yeah. in it. Yeah. So if you're not accommodating the people who live in society, it's not a very good society. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I also think that um, even if a person can't contribute to um, the workforce or whatever, like their lives are not worthless. No. Everybody has inherent value just by virtue of being alive. Mm -hmm. They don't have to. You don't have to forfeit your life just because you're not deemed good. That's that's where the concept of eugenics and transhumanism kind of get jiggy with it. Yeah, so basically uh, the transhumanism that we're heading towards now um, and even currently with prenatal screening and stuff is yeah. the elimination of anybody who doesn't fit society's narrow ideals yep, of what yep, is yep, yep. normal. Basically, I think... Um, if you could eliminate chronic pain or Alzheimer's or the things that do not make up the majority of your personality, um, mm -hmm. and that the people living with it would want to eliminate, yeah. go for it. I think that would be amazing. Uh, but it's really when you get into eliminating autism or eliminating deafness, deaf communities, um, even if they had the opportunity to, uh, get cochlear implants, a lot of them don't want it. A lot of people with autism are very 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 against what autism speaks which is a organization that says it's uh for autistic people but mainly its goal is to eliminate autism mm. um there are large groups of autistic people who say no like we are autistic it is, it is part of um our lived experience yeah. it is part of our personality yeah. and i think 
once you start and like autism is such a huge spectrum oh it's absolutely <laughs> like, it's absolutely enormous how do we even know that autism isn't just a level that everybody has like what we consider neurotypical or non-autistic like everybody has their quirks and stuff and you're not i don't know you're not screening every single person you're yeah. not making them all yeah. jump through tests and hoops and stuff so Basically, I think uh, if we were able to eliminate the things that people with lived experiences want to get rid of, like horrible uh, genetic diseases that, yeah, yeah. again, the people who live with it would not want to pass on to their children, don't personally want to live with it, that's great. But everything else we should be accommodating for because they are people and their lives are worth exactly the same amount as... And we're able to. <laughs> and, and we're able to. Because at least in the past, they had the, the excuse that they weren't able to do it but now no we're absolutely we have able no to excuse it. now we're absolutely able to do it you yeah. can install um chairlifts in if, buildings if we can fire like sports cars into space we can make a ramp we can build space if we can put a we can man build on a simple moon. machine if we can put a man on the moon we can accommodate for wheelchairs and mm -hmm. we can have uh accessible content uh yeah. whether that be like audio or visual accessibility like yeah. i don't know it's absurd the fact that we want to eliminate a huge swath of people who have brilliant ideas and are incredibly creative or are maybe just scrolling through Tumblr in their off time exactly the same as a non-disabled person would be, and yet we ascribe greater value to the person without disabilities. Well, speaking of, of getting rid of large swaths of the people, let's talk about eugenics. Oh, boy. <laughs> because... Like I said many times so far, I did not expect there to be so much eugenics and transhumanism. It kind of pops up when you least expect it, which is no, horrifying. Not, not when I was researching. It was mostly it was mostly to do with genetic engineering rather than robotics. No, I mean like eugenics pops up in topics oh, that you yeah, least yeah. expect it to. Like transhumanism, I was as I really like apples. <laughs> you got that apple because of apple eugenics. <laughs> like it does. It crops up everywhere, yeah. and it, it honestly just means that it's, like, a serious uh, societal issue that we kind of need to address. So, when I was researching, I found out something that exists currently. Oh, no. Uh, that's a little bit, a little, a lot of bit eugenics. <laughs> Are you talking about the scientists that genetically engineered uh, two human embryos? No. Oh. I'm talking about, well, I'll explain. So, there is a term called liberal eugenics. I'm not liking this already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it has other terms. Cody's scrolling through the notes on his phone, by the way, just uh, to give context to this. I was going to do the Jeopardy theme song, but that's copyrighted. So. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Apparently, I don't have it. Uh, it was like proto-zygote proto something. Or pre-embryotic altering. Oh, test tube babies. Yeah. So anyways, the the uh, association called is called assisted reproductive technology. I don't know if that's the association or just the overall term. It's abbreviated to art because of course it is. Um, it, it's basically talking about um, altering uh, both sperm and embryos and eggs in order to fix things <laughs> huh. and like you were saying before there are some things that we could probably fix i guess <laughs> i don't want to use that term <laughs> but the problem that a lot of people come to 
with with things like this is where do you stop? Yeah. Because, oh, uh, I'm deciding that, like, most people would agree that depression is probably a bad thing. Or horrible anxiety. Or suicidal tendencies. We'll go with that one. Sure. Suicidal tendencies are bad. You cannot say that they are good. And, I don't know, it might run in your family, so you're more at risk of uh, your yeah. kids having it. So you, you get rid of that. But then you say, like, mm, I also don't like people being gay. And that is something that you can, like, melt out of a brain because it, it's a part of our our biology. We, our biology decides what we're attracted to. Well, our brains kind of decide everything and our genes yeah. decide So you can brain, just, like, so. mush that around and make everybody, like, straight. And, like, wow, you have a bunch of straight people, but... Well, even, like, a less... <laughs> you, you, you really jumped from, uh, let's, let's get rid of suicide to, let's get rid of gay people. <laughs> Uh, which is a bit of a jump, but I don't know. Maybe you start doing uh, gene therapy and you, you isolate the genes that cause Parkinson's yeah. and you go into the embryos and you get rid of that. And I don't think most people would say, hey, that's a bad thing. I mean, it's it's Parkinson's. It can be um, like a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. But- and I don't think most people with Parkinson's would say, nah, I'm, uh, I'm loving my life with Parkinson's. I, I want all my kids to have it. Um, but then you kind of get into... Oh, we eliminated Parkinson's. Um, why don't why don't we eliminate blindness or yeah. deafness? Yeah. And after that, autism. And why don't we eliminate all the people who have pigmented skin? And then the gays. <laughs> yeah, no, it is a slippery slope, and yeah. I say a slippery slope not because um, it's difficult to define where we should stop, but because once you start. It will be very difficult to regulate where you stop. Exactly. Even if you were to have one country decide its regulations, people will just go to a different country. Yeah. And even if you have a world deciding it, you will always have underground societies I mean, changing those things. You say that, and uh, basically there was a moratorium on changing the genetic code of offspring. Basically, we have gene therapy that right now can go into like um, an for example, adult human, and say they have, I don't know, um, some sort of genetic disease. It can go in, uh, it can alter their genes, and they might no longer have that. But that doesn't pass those genetic alterations down into their offspring. Uh, Gene therapy uh, and gene manipulation of, like, embryos and offspring and stuff, there was a moratorium on that because, as you said, when you stop, when you start, where do you stop? Yeah. And if you have these genetic alterations in like offspring and stuff, it's it's just going to spread throughout uh, like the human genome, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, when you start, how do you stop? When yeah. do you stop? Who makes you stop? Yeah. How do they make you stop? Well, kind of going along with that, we can talk a little bit about how our modern economic system. Oh, capitalism! <laughs> would you modern... say? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't say capitalism. I would say neoliberalism. Yeah. Brushes in one and a half years of political science. <laughs> what the common layman would consider capitalism. Modern capitalism. How how transhumanism and how all these eugenic things relate to modern capitalism. Um, I think uh, we can also kind of talk about um, sci-fi influences and stuff. I mean, we uh, have throughout the entire thing. Basically. We have throughout the entire thing, but I, I'm, I mainly want to kind of shift our focus to uh, Altered Carbon, which is uh, um, yeah, yeah. a TV show on Netflix. Which uh, also has to do with, with modern politics and economics. Yep, but basically, um, spoilers, again, if you haven't watched it, it's pretty good. Um, 
they essentially have, uh, humans have a small implanted disc in the base of their skull, and if you die and the disc isn't destroyed, they can take that disc and put it into a new human body. And I think it's mandated that every citizen gets one freebie for death. Um, but if you're incredibly rich, you can just buy hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bodies and just have them sitting there waiting for you when you die. Yeah, and they can be clones. They can be uh, exact copies of your yeah. body. And I mean, if the rich never die and the rich stay rich and the poor get poorer. Yeah, we already have a very strong wealth divide in our country. And while it does tend to stay within families, like we were talking about this like before the podcast, it can be broken up after death that you could have like a child that's like, screw you, Papa, I'm going to go spend this all on Marxism. Well, you could have um, a person who through like their ancestors and stuff came into a lot of money, but they personally don't have any kids. Or you could have um, a person whose estate gets divided 22 different ways with all of their uh, kids and grandkids mm. and all of their um, descendants and stuff. So there is, at least slightly, some wealth distribution. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But if the rich were to live forever, that's, they would just keep the money. That's the biggest problem, I think. And so in transhumanism, a large proportion believe in advancing our social policies when it comes to our health care and uh we live in canada so we have a pretty okay health care system it covers most of our of our health needs just not like our eyes or teeth or which uh, is honestly a travesty because if you have dental issues it can it can get really really bad speaking of me it's not important <laughs> Yeah, but basically in Canada, if you have cancer, you're not going to have to mortgage your house yeah. and also sell your entire soul just to Yeah, but we can live. see with situations like the U.S. The U.S. is an interesting, like, as bad as it is, it's interesting to see the effects of that kind of healthcare system mm -hmm. uh, and how you would you would go into debt forever trying to trying to fix something like this. And if if a rich person just says, well, I want I want sweet robot legs, they could get that. Yeah. They could get that, and they wouldn't have as much of a problem who, as a person who lost their legs. I mean, we already see, um, like, I don't know, uh, people from the military who have like lost limbs, or yeah, they have even to have people that, in um, horrible accidents. They have like the the what is it called? The veterans amputee thing. It's like a charity for veterans who've lost their limbs. I mean, people who have already lost their limbs in horrible accidents in America right now have oftentimes have uh, such trouble finding uh like the funds to buy a prosthetic even people with like disabilities getting a wheelchair is disgustingly expensive oh yeah it's horrible yeah so when we were talking about that assisted reproductive yeah assisted reproductive technology one of the people who coined another term i found it it's called repro genetics the repo opera <laughs> sorry Stop. that's a tangent <laughs> Uh, his name is Lee M. Silver. I believe he's a doctor. Uh, he, who coined the term reprogenics and is a huge supporter of it, believes that we should just edit out all the bad things. Oh, Very libertarian oh. in his views. Supports a strong healthcare system. Supports, an, like he says, that's like, it's so important 
to not destroy the world, basically. If you could edit out whatever you wanted and edit in whatever you wanted without, like, well, he's not strong... talking. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the poor should also be allowed to get these things, not just people who have money. I mean, yes, I guess if you want to go down that road and say you should just be able to edit out whatever you want, but I think. <laughs> Again, with the pro- like the problem with that is um, ableist undercurrents. Like, oh, if yeah, you, I, I even don't... if you even <laughs> if you allow poor people um, and like disadvantaged people to edit out whatever they want, right? Yeah. You're going to have people who don't want to edit it out, and they're going to be inferior. They're yeah. going to be considered inferior to society. Yep, yeah, that's the problem with everything. Humans are garbage, and we'll always be garbage unless we can figure out something to make us less garbage. I don't think humans in general are garbage. I think it's the people in charge of society, which are yeah. In general, historically, um, the rich, powerful, wealthy individuals who rule countries or rule governments. I think your average everyday person, um, I think if they were raised in a society that was open and welcoming and loving and respectful of people's differences and celebrated them instead of brutally crushing them down, I think mm-hmm. I think society would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> when I was reading... Um about all of the all of the doctors and scientists who believe that we should have a strong healthcare system. Uh, I'll list some more. Um, Bill McKibben, uh, he, he talked at length about something called the genetic divide rather than just a class divide or a race divide or a nationality mm. divide. There would also be a genetic divide at yeah. that point. Um, another person, James Hughes, uh, wrote a book called Citizen Sideborg Why Democratic Societies Must Respond to the Redesign, Redesigned Human of the Future. He talks about how uh, you need policies like hu- universal health care. Otherwise, things will go wrong. Like, you won't be able to control these things properly. To kind of, like, interject, I think, I think the idea of transhumanism, um, having, like, cyborg legs and being able to alter your body in the way that you want to, I think it's really cool. I don't think humanity is even close to ready. We still have horrible racial tensions. Uh, We have ableism. We have um, anti-Semitism. We have uh, homophobia. Like, we have so many issues that already divide our society, and I Mm -hmm. think being able to genetically engineer or uh, change, uh, like, your human body in incredibly fundamental ways, I think it's just going to make all of that worse. But what I found funny is all, all those people that I mentioned are, are doctors mm-hmm. and, and leading, leading researchers in their respected fields. And then I find this one guy, just a journalist, okay. <laughs> uh, in an article in 2004. So he, he could be, he could have changed his views. I'm not sure. Right. It was uh, an art, a, a magazine called Reason Monthly, which is a libertarian magazine. Yeah, okay. Um, just for any possible future viewers we ever have. Uh, would you mind to very quickly just define libertarianism? Garbage. <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, I, I jest slightly. Libertarianism is... Slightly, Cody? <laughs> libertarianism is basically the removal of strong government. So rather than a government deciding certain policies or that you would have corporations making their own decisions or individuals making their own decisions oh yeah garbage (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know there are better descriptions of it i'm not the best to describe it i don't i don't like liberalism to that regard i don't think that we should have free markets as free as that (laughs) i mean 
before you had governmental regulation and like uh, workers unions and stuff, corporations would pay people with corporate cash and make them live in like corporate housing and yeah. you could only buy things that the corporations sold you. Yeah. Anyways, so this this person who's writing in this libertarian magazine oh. made his argument that genetic engineering could improve human inequality by leveling the playing field. What? Yep. <laughs> Sorry, how exactly is it leveling the playing field when only the rich would be able hmm. to afford it? No, but Jasmine, everybody can get it. Everybody <laughs> could also get, uh, like, top-notch healthcare in America. No, but they have to pay for it, Jasmine. You can't get a free lunch. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just make yourself higher in education. Get a trade job. <laughs> Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know how that originated? I think it was... It was satire, yeah. because it's impossible. You can't pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps. Yeah. But, like, that's one of the major fears about transhumanism is, like... It's just going to exacerbate all the, like, societal issues that we have we, right we're, now. We're not ready for it. We're, we're advancing our technology so fast. This is, again, going back to the Luddites. We're not... We're not socially prepared to deal with these new problems. I mean, and we're going forward because humans like to go forward. Yeah. That's just who we are. We're curious. We want to figure out how we to do We advance things. with technology in, in, like, until something stops us. Like uh, nuclear power. The thing that stopped us was Chernobyl and uh, my, like the Long Island Mile uh, nuclear fallout in uh, the U.S. Oh, I don't know. No, no. There was, um, <laughs> there was a, a nuclear site... Long Mile Island? I yeah. don't know any of geography in the U.S., but basically there was a failure. Uh, there wasn't, like, a fallout. Um, I just kind of... Scared everybody. Yeah. So nuclear power got a very bad rap, and everybody gets up in arms, as if you even so much as mention building a nuclear site. Yeah. Humanity oh. goes forward until it's forced back. I think Altered Carbon is a good commentary on that major fear of what if science and our current economic system run too rampant. It's, I would say, a little bit too... Um, I don't think it would be possible to get to that point. I don't think that we as... Like, we as humans... I'm sure people didn't think it was possible to get to the point where we dropped nuclear bombs on people, but uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki... That one actually is very, like... In terms of how it happened, is possible. I don't think we could get to the point where the rich are that rich before people would just say, I'm going to use my gun to shoot everybody that is rich. We are already seeing uprisings in the United States, power to the people, in in these in these riots North and these Korea? protests. North Korea? There are tons of protests, and the only reason that they are able to exist is because of China. If China wasn't able to protect them, if the Western world didn't, I'll go on a little bit of a tangent. If the Western world didn't need to buy things from China because okay. everybody sucks. Okay, but basically you have rich people everywhere. Yeah. You don't, you don't have the same kind of nationality or country divide that you have with um, other like cultural issues or, um, I don't know, even, even homophobia, right? Like it, it, the tolerance or lack thereof can change very very strongly depending on what country you're in yeah but rich people are rich and poor people are poor and that's kind of universal uh across country borders what i'm saying is like i don't think that the concept that they're going for is impossible i just think that the 
the lengths that they went to. It's very it's hi- very hyperbolic in how mm-hmm. far they go. Our there's a good subreddit called a boring dystopia because all of our dystopias are really cool and we have a really cool rebellion, but that's not what it's going to be. We're going to be a bunch of sad drones that work in Walmart for the rest of our lives. That's I mean, just what our society is going to. We're talking about like capitalism and uh, the flaws inherent with transhumanism like in our current era. Yeah. But I think we also have to look at, like you were talking about techno- technological advances that humanity is just going to continue to make. And already we have privacy concerns with um, smart devices and your smart fridge that yeah. tracks everything that you're buying yeah. and um, Google whole, Home and Alexa, they record your voice. Whole industries that are based solely around collecting your information. Yeah. Like that, that is one of the largest industries in, in online development. Collecting your information. It's collecting privacy information. Privacy concerns. Um, the fact that like unless you have a VPN or unless you're very good with your... Uh, personal data any large corporation could figure out who you are where you are like facial recognition software has gotten insanely good scarily good yeah there's a lot of fears going forward but when we just focus on those fears and we just focus on the negative we don't see the the good things that can come from these things and i think that's also important to look at transhumanism as scary as it can be and I think we have to definitely be aware of the dangers yeah, inherent it's in it. Still, it's still a good thing to look forward to in my mind. I don't think we're ready yet. If in the least, even if we don't go full bionic legs just because y'all want them. Uh, transhumanism could be medical discoveries that, um, I don't know, help people gain mobility when they yeah. completely lost it. Or better assistive devices if you were, I don't know, born without certain limbs and you really want to write by hand yeah transhumanism is in like that gray area of it has so many good things going for it but people are just like eugenics (laughs) clawing their little dirty fingers into it yeah but no as you said i think we do have to look at um the positives like not to say uh all this scary stuff is never going to come to pass you don't have to worry about it i think we do but i think we also have to look at the silver lining in basically everything. Like, mm-hmm. smart devices. It would be so cool if we didn't have the privacy concerns to just have a smart home that could uh, track your movements and heat your house for you yeah. uh, five minutes before you return from home and tell you when you're out of milk or approximately when you're going to run out and have a Roomba that just knows your cat's habits and your habits and yeah. maybe your kid's habits. Like, that would be amazing, but... It'd be efficient. It would be incredibly efficient. But we're just, would... we're just not there yet socially. No. And it's sad because, like, we have all these cool new technologies and we want to play with them. But we have to be very, very careful in yeah. the application. Yeah. But, yeah. Bit of a somber note, but... I don't think it's somber. I think it's, I think it's a good thinking point. We have, we have such bright futures ahead of us if we do things right. And I hope we do. Humanity... As much as it's garbage, we're like fancy garbage. We're recycling. <laughs> I don't we, think I don't think humanity's garbage. I think humanity is beautiful and varied and diverse. And I think that a lot of powerful people are not I, doing it justice. I believe in humanity. I say that. I say that a lot. I believe in unity. I believe in camaraderie. I believe that 
once we just work together, we'll be better. I mean, Cody, I have to believe in humanity. Where else am I going to get my fanfictions? <laughs> I think that's about where we're going to end things. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good time. We were still a little bit longer, so we probably can cut some more information out for the next one. But I think what we could probably do is, uh, in the next episode, maybe break it into two parts. Maybe. We'll see. Like, we could also pick smaller topics. Maybe that's do true. bigger topics for the two players. But Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're still working things out. We're still yeah. working things out. I yeah. think I got the audio fixed a little bit more this one. Hopefully. <laughs> so, fingers hopefully, crossed. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can normalize it a bit better. Maybe do some research into the functions Audacity has. Audacity <laughs> has. Yeah. Well. <laughs> All right. I, I guess this is uh, Jasmine and Cody signing off. Bye. Till the next time. The intro and outro music used in this episode is Study and Relax by Kevin McLeod, licensed through Attribution 4.0 International Creative Commons. You can find the link in the description down below.